Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 39 of the Be Awesome podcast. I'm Joshua Peach, and I am super excited. I can't even tell you how lucky I am today. I am in Orlando, Florida. For those of you that listen, you know I live in Boston, Massachusetts, where the wind chill is like 18. Um, but I'm inside all day. And I uh, delivered a keynote this morning, and I was giving a class on data, the importance of data in schools, which it is extremely important. But next to me, I saw the title of a class that was Empowering Everyone Around You to Become Better. And it was a catchy title. And a couple of the folks that were going into that class, I said, hey, do you know who's doing that class? And they told me about the woman presenting, Malia Adams. And I was just so captivated by them telling me her story that I had to meet her. So I've known Malia for an hour and a half, maybe had about 20 minutes of time with her to talk about this and to get her to do the podcast here with us. But I just think it's such an amazing story that she has that we want to share it with our listeners and and also recognize how incredible people are out there with their stories and everyone's got one. So Malia, first of all, thank you. I think you probably thought I was crazy when you first when I first came up and said you got to do a podcast with me. But thank you for giving me your time and doing this podcast. Well, it's been a pleasure. You know, I sat in on your keynote this morning and I just was like, wow, who is this guy? Be awesome. Okay. <laughs> and then lo and behold, I walked into you in the hallway. Yeah. And so I um, thank you for this opportunity. It's just great. Yeah. Awesome opportunity. <laughs> You're going to say awesome a bunch of times because I got it on the shirt and that's Absolutely. what happens. But so... Tell, tell us about you're from Pensacola. Tell your story because I just think that that's... I'm going to sit back. I'm just going to let you wow. go with this. So t- <laughs> tell your story. Well, you know, it's interesting to even have a story to tell. Um, I'm from Pensacola, Florida. And for those who don't know where that's located, we are the western city to the Sunshine State. So yeah. we're that gateway from... Home of the Blue Angels. Right. Home mm-hmm. of the Blue Angel. And so with that being said, you know, I, my friend asked me, she's a part of FASBO, and she asked me for probably the last three years if I would like to be a speaker. And I kept saying, no, not this time, not this time. And then finally she asked me and she said, listen, this might be my last time asking. I said, you know what? I think I'll go ahead and say yes. And so with that being said, I had the pleasure of presenting on the ways to empower other people. And so, you know, People say I have a story to tell, and, you know, it's just a great position that I'm in. First of all, I'm the principal of Bellevue Middle School, and should I say the proud principal of Bellevue Middle School, and this is my seventh year. Mm-hmm. I work in the Scammy County School District, and this is my 29th year in the district, and I've worked in every role imaginable. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I started in the 90s as a clerk typist, and I was happy in my role as a clerk typist, making $3.33 an hour. I'll never forget that because now when I talk to my kids about the amount that I made, they laugh and say, what can you do with $3.33? And 
And so with that being said, I started as a clerk typist with the district and opportunity opened up for me to apply for a secretarial position in custodial and maintenance. And so I got that position. And one day I was at the hall center, which is where I worked at that time, and they were actually doing a workshop on training the custodians how to work equipment. And I thought I'd go over and introduce myself to see who are the workers behind the scene. And I learned how to operate a lot of equipment that day. And to this day, some of the custodians, even my custodians at my school, remember when I came in early on and worked on equipment with them. And so from that role, um, I, was, I had the pleasure of applying for another position within the district as an administrative secretary. And that particular um, position allowed me to work under a leader by the name of Horace Jones, who inspired me daily. One day I came into work and he just said, hey, come on into my office. And he had this deep voice, which was kind of scary. And so when he called me into my office, I just knew I was in trouble. And he set me down and he said, hey, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm, excuse me, what do you mean? What are you going to do with your life? At the time, I was a single parent. Um, my daughter, Candace, who's now 26. But at that time, she was about three years old. And he said, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, work be happy because I'm happy in my current role. He said, no, you need to do something different. We thought about going back to school, doing some things. And so I said, nah, we'll see. Long story short, went back to school. I received a bachelor's degree in computer information systems from Troy State. Troy State at the time, university had a satellite office or a satellite school in Pensacola, Florida. And so I was able with the help of my family to go back to school, taking two courses a semester until I finished my bachelor's degree. And so now at that time, um, I happened to get a call from a previous boss when I was a clerk typist in the certification office in HR. And she said, hey, our district is really in need of business education teachers. You have a degree in computer information systems you ever thought about teaching. And I was like, absolutely not. I love what I do in the district. And I've had a great opportunity to work with some great leaders who inspired me. I like what I'm doing. Nope, that's not for me. But the more I thought about it, opportunity presented itself for a reason. So I ended up applying for the position and became a business education teacher in the workforce department back in the, in probably 2000. Um, I had the opportunity to work in a neighborhood school. And so not only was I familiar with the school, but I was familiar with the parents, the community surrounding, and just the needs. And so that really helped my first couple of years in teaching mm -hmm. because I had the buy-in. With that, um, my principal came to me and said, hey, we have a guidance counseling opening in-house. You've got a great rapport with the kids. You've got a great rapport with the community. You ever thought about being a guidance counselor? And once again, absolutely not. I love my kids. I love what I do. I like my four walls. I'm good. She was like, no, I really need you to apply. Can't promise you the position, but at least put your name in the hat. Put my name in hat, got that position, and so I came out of the classroom in the same school as a guidance counselor. Absolutely loved that role as well. It provided me opportunities to reach the kids at a different level, mm -hmm. to meet their needs so that they can function well in the classroom. And so I served in that capacity for about two years. We received the notice that our school was going to close. Um, the district was closing and consolidating a couple of schools, and so this particular year I was, was on the closure list. And so we knew we had a year left. The assistant principal who was serving at that time decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and transfer to another school, which left an opening. Um, the opportunity came up to apply. 
Didn't think I would get it, but I got the position as assistant principal. So I was able to work in that capacity under a very strong leader who exposed me to so many opportunities to grow. Um, she empowered me to do things that I never imagined that I could do. And so the school closed. Wasn't really worried about where I would go because I was told that, you know, we'll place you somewhere. And my philosophy has always been allow me to be in places that I can touch and change the lives of others. I'll go wherever you need me. So school closed, um, got a call that there's some openings at the high school level, not sure which school, but we need different people to apply. And so I said, okay, I'll throw my name in the hat. And so I did apply for the position at my old high school, Escambia High School. And so I applied for the position, got the position. The first thing I did when I received the keys to the school was go into two places that I couldn't go as a student, the teacher's lounge and the football <laughs> locker room. I wanted to know what was so secret about yep. these areas. Yep. And then when I walked in the teacher's lounge, I was like, oh, is this it? Yep. Wow. But I say that all the time because it was like, who would have thought years before that I would be back at the school that I graduated from as an assistant principal and had an opportunity to change the lives of others. And so I embraced that role for seven years. I was assistant principal over facilities for one year and then going into the um, curriculum and instruction role. And so seven years, I was very content, very happy. At this time, I'm, I'm deciding, you know, hey, I can retire here. This is the school I graduated from, once again, a community school. Know the parents, know the kids, know the needs. This is great. My director at the time approached me and said, hey, they're getting ready to um, advertise some middle school opportunities. You ever thought about being a principal? What, what have I said before? Absolutely yeah. not. You found I'm, your happy I'm spot. I'm good right yep. here. I can just coast out <laughs> just like this. But... Those things did not happen that way. I put my name in the hat and fast forward, I've been the principal, proud principal. I have to say that because I do, I love my school. But I've been there for seven years and I'm currently in my seventh year. 29 years total from my journey as a clerk typist in those roles up to where I am now as principal. And so, you know, a lot of people have come to me and said, in 30 years, you can actually decide to retire, go into a drop or whatever you desire. And I said, no, I love what I do. Um, I love the good, the bad, the happy, the sad. Every day is a new day to make an op opportunity to do something different to be a role model, to empower people, and I want to take that opportunity. And so with every breath that I have, I start the day off positive. Now by 10 o'clock, <laughs> it may shift, but it's okay because I know tomorrow's another day. Yeah. I've got parents that are very supportive. i got some that I need to have them come and be supportive, but it's okay. I try to work with what I have and making sure that I provide those resources, not only for the students, but for the staff, because they're the ones that make me look good. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I um, spoke today on empowering others to become better, because I know that if those things were not instilled in me, I wouldn't be where I am today sitting here with you. Yes. With and another opportunity yes, that another I didn't think would be Yep. available. Well, uh, and I appreciate you not saying, why would I do that? I'm perfectly happy right here. I, I'm glad that you're here. And, and uh, you know, a couple, couple of uh, takeaways on that. First of all, the fact that you were happy in every role, comfortable, if you will, Absolutely. starting at $3.33 as a, as a clerk typist. For those of us that don't know what a clerk typist is, 
you actually used a typewriter, I'm assuming, or a Absolutely. word processor at times in the 90s. That was still Absolutely. still something the old that was MS-DOS system. Yes. Yeah, so, um, but you never like. I'm just I'm fascinated with the fact that first of all, you should have known you were going to get every one of those positions because you're if someone's coming if people are coming to you, you're obviously doing something right, and you obviously you have a magnetism to you that you care and that's the most important thing. And unfortunately, we hear so much negative today around education. And what what's middle school in Florida? I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but 6th, 7th, 8th. 6th, 7th and 8th grade. So that my son's 12. Uh-huh. So he's in the, what would be the 7th grade, seventh grade, right? Yeah. So um that's a tough like that's a tough age mm-hmm. for kids, it right? Is. I, I think every age mm-hmm. for kids today is tough. I think what 4 and 5 year olds are able to access through the internet is scare is downright Absolutely. scary, and the fact that parents, in many cases, aren't aren't because we're older. I'm, you know, I'm 44. When I graduated high school, you're young. It was the first computer lab in 1994 was installed in our school. So before that, it was typewriters. People can't conceptually understand many the power of the internet for negative stuff. They just think of the positive things. They think about the Facebook. They think about all these things, the safeguards or lack of safeguards. And these kids that are, you know, 12, 13, 14, as I think I shared my sons in a small, a small classroom environment, small okay. private school. Um, and I go to public schools all over the country. And I, I get not scared, like, but I get scared for the fact that there's not enough for these kids, in many cases, we've got 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds committing suicide. Mm-hmm. We've got kids that are, aren't even teenagers battling massive depression, doing drugs, vaping. Like, yes. I mean, you got, I just saw on the news today in Florida here that poor teenager that uh, had a lung transplant. Yes. I think he was 15. Due to vaping. Yeah. So, like, how do you – it can't all be good, right? How do you – how do you – Stay positive through all this stuff. How do you work through it? Like you, you. I mean, you have to hear and see stuff that you're just going. This isn't what a 12 year old, or 13 year old, or 14 year old is supposed to be thinking, acting, or feeling. Like, how do you, how do you do that? I, I tell you, you know, every day is a different day, and you know, every days are not always happy. Um, I've had days where um, I've actually left work sad, um, but I, you know, our kids are exposed to so many things and like you said technology is there Um, our particular school district schools have the availability to have a Chromebook so every kid has a laptop that they have access to and um, they're exposed to so much but you have to lead by example you have to show them that okay we're here now Um, and as you've said you know we have a lot of mental health issues now not only with adults but with children starting as young as elementary years. Um, But I do believe that my particular view from me is I'm put into a place for a reason. And so starting in the jobs that I've started and the many different avenues that I've taken growing up, I've got to show them there's a way past all of that. You know, now the generation laughs at $3.33 an Whoa. hour, but I survived on $3.33. I was $4.15 an hour. <laughs> I, when you said that, I was like, wow, somebody's got me beat. Absolutely. <laughs> but you have to show them. And I share my story with my students. And, and please know, I do tell them, um, kids aren't my friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. First and foremost, 
But I want them to understand that I'm someone that you can come to, you someone that you on. can depend on, you can count on. And I also want to let them know that my principal title is a title, but I'm human. And so I love it when they see me in the Walmarts and they want to talk to me or they see me. I go to ball games. I have a 16-year-old son that plays football, mm-hmm. but also um, my friend has younger children and so I find out when their games are and I go to support them but I'm saying all this because I share my past experiences whether it be job related or whether it be personal to a certain degree so that the kids know that what they're going through the day some of us went through those same things early on the difference social media Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that you and I both, and I got you beat, by the way, I'm 51. <laughs> but I think about back in my years as a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, suicide may not have been as prevalent, but it existed. Mm-hmm. But we had things that were really um, a big issue in those years. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. And so now as educators and in my particular role, it's hard to stay on top of those things, but you got to make sure that you're real with the kids, that you're reachable, that you're available. And that's what I enjoy doing is making myself available, not only for staff and parents, but for my kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but what I can tell you to do is I'll be there tomorrow if you'll allow me. Yeah. You're not going to bring this up if, if I don't, and I don't know enough of it, but tell me about your school, how it was, and how it is, and what's what it is today. Well, you know, Bellevue Middle School has um, probably in our 57th year of existence, and so the population has changed over the years from an economic change um, to a very diverse change. And so now, um, my particular school setting, I average about 1,023 kids. Um, and that we're a very mobile community, so that enrollment can go up or down, depending on what's going on in different families' life. Um, my particular school is a setting where um, we feed a lot of the neighborhoods that unfortunately um, serve a population of um issues in the neighborhood. Um, There are a lot of law enforcement visibility in the neighborhoods. And so my kids may come to school um, lacking some of the basic needs that other kids are afforded every day. And so when I particularly was appointed as principal of the school, um, the particular school had a school grade um, that was not very favorable. It actually received a school grade of designation as an F. And so when I I met with the superintendent and his staff and received that assignment, the first thing I did was meet my new assistant principal because we both were new administrators there. And we got together, started looking at the data and just trying to figure out, hey, what is really going on? The one thing I noticed is the kids can do. They Mm -hmm. really can. We can't go back and figure out all the things that maybe were not available at the time or what happened, but we have to figure out how to move forward. And so the first thing I did was meet with staff and I let them know that letter grade does not define who we are or who we are to become. We've got to take the mindset that we believe in the kids, that they can do and they will do. We just have to provide them with the tools. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is tackling the needs of the students outside of the academic setting. That's stressful in itself. Because some teachers just come to teach. Mm -hmm. But in this day and age, there's no such thing. We have to be mothers, fathers, doctors, 
lawyers, um, roles that we play in the educational setting outside of just being a typical teacher. And so with that being said, getting to know the kids that fed into the school was a big deal for me and my staff. Um, and in order for them to have the buy-in, I had to model that. And so, you know, oftentimes, and even today, my children will not go shopping with me because they know I'm going to be 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes talking to a parent that may stop me and say, hey, I need to talk right. to you about something. And at first, I was a little apprehensive, but now I embrace it because I have to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be more visible in the community, and I actually live in a community that feeds into my school. Um, and so... That particular um, year was a was a year of me getting to know the population and seeing what are some changes that we needed to make. And the first thing I needed to do was meet with each of the staff that were already in place, hire staff that would be coming in, and find ways to work to better build a sense of community for the school. And I didn't do it by myself. I had great people that I surrounded myself with. I listened to their ideas. We worked through things, good, bad, and figured out what works for the population that we serve. Mm -hmm. Things that worked seven years ago are not working now. And so it's very important that we continue, that I continue to be approachable by staff, by parents, and by students. Kids are emailing me today when they found out I wasn't at school. They wanted to know why wasn't I at school. They really needed to talk to me about something. Mm -hmm. And then I'm communicating with kids from Orlando, Florida, um, mm -hmm. just letting them know, hey, I'm still here. If this happens, you need to go see this person, or if it's something that can wait till I get back, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the particular school, I mean, I love it. We're a, we are a Title I school. We're about... Um, what? For people that might not know what Title Absolutely. I is. And so Title I is a federally funded program. And basically, just in a nutshell to simplify it, it gives, it affords the opportunity for students that come from a low socioeconomic population or, mm -hmm. or background, the same tools of your student that has those needs met. And so the monies are used to provide resources and supplement things for students that may not have. Mm -hmm. So I use my funding, for instance, um, to provide additional materials for students. For instance, I have a homeless population. Mm -hmm. And so we make sure that my homeless population of students that qualify receive the basic materials that they need to be successful in a school setting as well as at home. Mm -hmm. I have staff that have created a caring closet that we've opened up for um, donations. And when I say donations, not monetary, but just items. Mm -hmm. I might have a kid that says, hey, I don't have a pair of shoes. And, and, and that's one thing I want to say as a district, we really embrace. We try to find the resources that help our students and our families. Mm -hmm. But we've kind of done that in-house for our kids, and we make it so that they are not embarrassed. Um, to act. And so as a Title I school, this is what I'm saying. These are um, several students that qualify for that. All of our children, and actually at my particular school setting, all of the children receive free, I'm sorry, yeah, free breakfast and free lunch. Wow. So there's not a single child in the school, and there are some that qualify for reduced lunch or possibly could even qualify for full pay. Mm -hmm. But because of I am a very, um, I have a high population of students that do not qualify, the whole school was approved to receive that. But I'm not the only school. We have about a little over... And I think that's fantastic, yeah. not to interrupt you, Absolutely. but I honestly think that that's fantastic because I don't think kids 
should be rated on whether they can or can't afford breakfast or lunch. So give it to everybody. Let's figure out how to do money um, and figure out how to do all this stuff differently so everybody comes into school and they all eat for free and nobody has another little check mark on they could possibly not be able to afford that meal and put everybody on that level playing field. I love that. Absolutely. Whatever, the, whatever however, I just think that that's great. I've seen a couple of schools that do that. Sorry. And no, 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 not at all. I'm just passionate about it. And I'm not the only school, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But what I love is regardless of students that have or do not have, all the kids embrace each other, and that's the main thing. And, and yes, we have our difficulties that we try to work through growing up, adolescents, the behaviors that they experience. Tell me about um, it. <laughs> but, you know, the main thing that helps is every day is a new day, and I keep reminding my staff, yeah. every day is a new day. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing we do. Um, I, I just have great people that make me look good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's, I mean... Great leaders always, as, as I said in the keynote today, and I gave the example of looking in the mirror or looking out mm-hmm. the window, um, you know, it's important as great leaders that when something great happens or you have great results, and congratulations on your on your great improvement. We have improved. We are so the C. Okay. And, and so we're seeing our way to an A. That's what I love. <laughs> I love that. Um, that's what most people don't take that initiative, and a lot of leaders don't. One, they'd say that we're an F. We can't get any worse. Let's just whatever. Um, others will come in and aggressively want to fix the world and be an A right away. Mm-hmm. And then there's the leaders that are making a true difference that are taking an F, celebrating a C, and realizing the opportunity for an A, which is what you're doing, which is obviously why people have your back and you have theirs. That That's amazing. Um so, you know, let's talk about this. So I talked about in the, the keynote today, I talked about the fact that there are almost 3 million homeless and foster kids in the United States today, an 80% chance of every classroom or greater of every classroom having a homeless student. Um, you're providing the greatest, best meals that they have in a day, both breakfast and lunch. And I want to backpedal because I think this is just the coolest thing. I'm sorry, I, 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 I this was a, my ADD kicked in or something. <laughs> but you said something that I love. This is why I love education and public education professionals and ones that care. You said we have around 1,023. That's like there's 1,023 kids. You know the numbers, yes. and the reason being is the people that are really in it are every kid every day, and you know that number. Like I could, I have a business, right? I'd be awesome, and I could be like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a million dollars in revenue. I'm not, I'm not even like remotely close. I'm just pipe dreaming here, but I'm like a million dollars. That could be a million one. That could be nine hundred eighty thousand. It could be which way I round up or round down. But educators truly feel that the number, which is so important and priceless, is our kids, and it's every kid every day. I love that because I was just sitting here laughing. I'm saying. We have around 1,020. No, you have your 1,023, and it goes up and it goes down, and you know, and it might change today, but you you know that tally, mm-hmm. and you know all these kids. Like, that's one of the things that is amazing to me. And I get, I, you get these kids for three years, right? right? You get them for three years, and they rotate every year. And how do you know all the kids? Like, how do you get to know as a leader? How do you get to know all the kids? I was very easily known all through school because I was a troublemaker. <laughs> when you said the teacher's lounge, I told my mom and my sister, both school te- school teachers, when they started, I said, I can't be more proud of both of you 
but if either of you step in the teacher's lounge, so help me God, no more Christmas presents. <laughs> because I don't like the teacher's lounge. Right. I think too much noise happens in there. I think that the water bubbler needs to be removed, and I think the stories need to stop. And I'm not trying to be rude about it, but that's where a lot of the, the daily gossip, if you will, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that's where a lot of people get to find out who the students are and what the students are. But how do you know all the kids? How do you know, like... Well, you know, first I'm going to tackle that teacher lounge. You know, back when I was in high school and I graduated in 1986, you know, the teacher lounge was that doorway to you, the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, I would stand in the hallway and kind of look to see if it opened wide enough just so yep. I can see what was in that lounge. But, um, you know, it was just amazing that when I went in there, okay, it really is a lounge. There's yeah. no big secret it's just a to box it. with a couple tables. Exactly. But, you know... Um, you just have to be visible. That's the main thing. And so we do a lot of classroom walkthroughs um, just so the kids can get used to who we are. I make it a habit of doing morning announcements. We do a live. I have a great technology coordinator as well as students that he trains to work in our TV studio. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot a live broadcast daily. And I try to make sure that I'm on there every day. There are some days that I can't due to other circumstances. But I try to be visible. And so I try to be the face that they see in the morning and the afternoon announcements, the voice they hear in the afternoon. And so that's how I get myself out. But now I do tell kids, I love term of endearments. So most of my kids are, hey, hon, hey, dear, hey, beautiful, hello, handsome, how Mm -hmm. is your day? I may not know their specific names, but I can tell you something about them. And Mm -hmm. I try to at least every single day pick three children, Mm -hmm. minimum, and say, oh, I remember yesterday you had Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Or if I see a particular student, I may go to a teacher and say, hey, tell me about that kid real quick. And Mm -hmm. she'll go, wow, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I just want to make sure that tomorrow I say, hey, I heard such and such about you. Mm -hmm. I want the kids to know that I'm vested. Mm -hmm. I am vested in what they do. Mm -hmm. Some kids are shocked. Like, you know who I am? (laughs) Yes, I know who you are. Others will say, you're going to the principal's office, and I don't want the principal's office to be a bad thing. So that's why I take my office with me. Mm-hmm. So I grab my keys, I grab my security badge, I grab my radio, and I grab my laptop and my phone, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. And so that's the main thing. And so you ask me, how do I know the kids? I just got to find a way to figure it out and mm-hmm. try to acknowledge Every kid that walks past me, mm-hmm. even if it's just a moment, the kids know I'm a hugger, but I also know some kids are not. And so I don't force that upon them. I'll stand there. And if they come up to the, to, to hug me, they're going to be hugged back. Mm-hmm. Even my terms of endearment, I always t- I, on the announcements at the beginning of the year, I tell them, if you don't like the terms of endearments, which I know some don't, yeah. then please tell me that's not a problem mm-hmm. because I want you to be as comfortable with me as you would with anything else. Yeah. You know that's a uh, that's that's admirable, and I'm the worst. I, I'm I hug everybody. Um, it just seems to be, um, I, yeah, I don't know why. And I and, and some of those people that don't like the terms of endearment or the hugs, it's because they don't know how to deal with it because mm-hmm. they've never had one. Exactly. Like how do you like? I just sit there and it boggles my mind. It's like I think maybe if you're a germaphobe or something else, but I've had multiple encounters with people that I gave them a hug, you know, after a talk that they came up and they were emotional and gave them a hug and it was as if they never had a hug before. Absolutely. And you just tell them it's going to be okay and that's what it is. And 
it's amazing. Like you yes. just to wrap your head around all of that. And and it actually brings tears to my eyes because I one particular student does come to mind who has expressed that he's not touchy feely, hugs don't mean a thing to him and it was like, okay, what is really going on with this kid? Mm-hmm. And I started to look him up and you know, I found some interesting things and so what I would do is I would make it my purpose if I couldn't do it every period, which I couldn't, but I would at least try within that week to have some type of encounter with him. Mm-hmm. And so I would just stand there. One day I would walk by him and I'd put my hands out and he would look at me like, not uh uh-uh. Like, okay, no problem. The next day I would stand there with my hands down, but I would make eye contact with him and smile. Mm-hmm. He would walk by me and I would look at him. He would look at me and I'd say, have a good day. Whatever, Miss Adams. And so this took a while. And so finally one day I was on duty and I had my back to the way he was coming, didn't realize mm-hmm. he was coming up. And he came from behind me and he gave me the biggest hug. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's that for? He went, oh, I thought I'd make your day today. <laughs> and I took that as, okay, yeah. I got a crack in yeah. that wall yeah. that he's had up for however many years. Mm-hmm. And so even though that was a start, the next day I saw him, I still didn't embrace him. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be on his terms. Mm-hmm. And now he is getting ready to be a senior next year. And when I do see him, when I see him, I, you know, you're going to come to my graduation next year. Of course, I told you guys, I'm coming to all y'all's graduations wow. um, just because. And so that kid always stays on my mind because I knew what it took. Mm-hmm. And so now when I see him out and about at a football game, he's in an ROTC program at one of our local high schools. You know, he calls out my name. He comes over and hugs me. And I don't bring up the past. Yeah. I don't say, hey, what happened? Because that's not what's important. Mm-hmm. What's important is we developed a relationship. But it was in his terms and on his time. Mm-hmm. And nice touching. Uh, you go to all the graduations? I do. So here's what happens. Our district is fortunate enough that they're kind of spaced out. Like we may have three a day. Mm-hmm. And so when I say all, there's seven high schools. I don't make all seven or six high schools. I don't make all of those. Mm-hmm. But what I do is we feed into three high schools. I have mm-hmm. kids that go to all of them. Yeah. But our major feeders is what I try to go to. And I'll sit in the stands. I don't you know, if I see them, I see them. If I don't, I don't. But when I see them after graduation in the summer or the next year, yeah. I was like, oh, I saw when you walked across the stage. You yeah. know, I called your name out. I know you heard me, you know, <laughs> which I know they didn't. But yeah. those are the things. I like to do that because I remember when they were in sixth grade. Yeah. And some of this gray hair that I have yeah. has students' names on them. Yeah. And so I remind <laughs> them after they graduate that, hey, this particular gray hair was yeah. yours. Yeah. Six. Seventh and eighth grade. But I love to see how they mature over the years because in sixth grade, oh, you yeah. don't know. So, so you've been doing, you've been at this school for seven years. Seven years. years. So the, 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 uh, the eighth graders have been out in the workforce in college or somewhere. Uh-huh. Any of them come back to you from your first year? Oh, I'll them? go through a drive through at Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger. <laughs> Whataburger. Yeah. And the kid will say, I thought that was you, Miss Adams. <laughs> I remember your voice. And I'm going, wow. And they go, you know who I am? Yeah. And I go, I remember your face, beautiful. Remind yeah. me. Yeah. And then they would tell me. And then I'll see another one. 
And um, so I love it. And then if I go into a, a restaurant or a, a business or some other type of um, a professional environment where they're working, I always go up to them and I'll say, hey, let me get a dollar. Yeah. Oh, Miss Adams. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But I love to see what you're doing. And so it warms my heart because, once again, seeing them in sixth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade to where some of them are now, oh, I feel like they're my personal kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to close this out with a couple of last questions, Mm -hmm. I guess, and things. And the first thing is, and I don't know your whole story, um, but I can assume some things. And one of them is that your life wasn't always easy and hasn't always been easy and probably isn't easy a lot of times here today um, from being a single parent, going to that entry-level job at $3.33, taking two classes a semester when you probably want to take all of them that you could to, to, to get through everything. But I don't sense, not knowing you these last 29 years, knowing you for two and a half hours, I get the sense that I don't think you ever felt bad about the situation or position you were in. I don't think you were hard. I don't believe that you were someone that was hard on yourself for what was in your environment. And I feel like you tackled everything pretty darn good with a positive attitude. Where does that come from? What does you, like, what... What do you give credit to? Like, who? Do, where does someone... There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that would still be looking for a typist position today, 29 years later, not realizing the type, typewriters are gone. They would never have gotten... They would never have gotten out of their own way. What, what? What's the secret? Oh, wow. You don't have enough time in the day. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. And let's go back to something that you just said. I have been blessed in so many ways, but I'm going to start with family first. Um, because I'll be honest with you, my parents were in my life. My father retired neighborhood barber after working 55 years as the neighborhood barber. My mother was a school secretary. I family, I actually do have a strong family background and support system. And so even becoming a single parent at the age of 25, my family support system from my uncles, my aunts, my sisters, um, my mother, my father, they helped to care for my child as I continued back on my journey to get my education. Um, You know, I say we grew up poor, but I didn't know that until I became an adult because my family's found ways to provide. Um, One thing that my parents always said from my father and my mother, my aunts, all of them in their own way, they instilled in us to, if you start something, don't stop. Mm -hmm. And do it with a grateful heart. And that's the main thing. And I'm just going to be honest, divine creator. I'm a believer, and I believe that I'm placed in positions for reasons, and I don't take that for granted. Even in my lowest low of um, situations and circumstances, I have to realize the only person I can control is me. And I can control the attitude that I have in dealing with the situation. And that came about from my family. And so even being a single parent, and and I am married, um, and actually a high school friend, 
Um, we were friends in high schools and then full circle. Yep. Um, we will be celebrating 10 years next year. And Congratulations. so thank you so much. And, um, you know, my husband now has his own business in the transportation industry. He drives 18 wheelers across country and just seeing his um, ability to just go for it and do things. That's something that I try to remind not only my kids that I gave birth to, but my ki- my kids at school and they're all mine. Um, you know, right here I have with me Miss Latrice, who is actually not only a colleague, but she also is one of my parents. Mm-hmm. And so she actually knows. I mean, I, I tell her, ki- I tell her all the time, your kids are my kids. Mm-hmm. From nine twenty when they report to school to four ten when they go home, they're mine. Mm-hmm. And I will never do anything, say anything, or treat your child any way that I wouldn't want my child to be treated. But trust me, they're mine. Mm -hmm. And so if you entrust your child to me because you send them to school every day and you expect them to be safe and secure and learn, that's what we strive to do. And so with that being said, that foundation was put into me years ago, just seeing my parents, Mm -hmm. blue collar workers working hard for the family and just making sure that I had the tools and that simple tools was just showing me by example mm-hmm. of what I needed to do. Wow. Miss Latrice, you, you, you've been outed. You're in here with us. <laughs> She's been quiet. She doesn't want to be on the microphone, but we've, we've recognized her and thank you for being part of this. Um, that, that, uh, that was part of my suspicion, just hearing a little bit about your parents and everything and the importance of having a support system. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I'll get messages. I got some really heartfelt messages this week from people, you know, saying how great Be Awesome is and the things that I'm doing, the difference that I make. And the reality is I, I'm I'm the cumulative number of all the people that's around me. Yes. Um, the CEO of Dude says, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But I get a lot of people I spend a lot of time with. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm really just a piece of all the people that are I'm fortunate enough to have in my life absolutely that I'm lucky enough to make sure that they're all great people yes. and it sounds like you've had some awesome ones just in your family never mind outside of that supportive community and having that belief and and I I never talk about you know politics religion or pizza on my podcast but everyone should have something that they believe mm-hmm. in whatever that is absolutely to give them that purpose that you can control what you can control I think you're doing a fantastic job. I mean, Thank just you. absolutely uh, uh, inspired by that. And I'm so, uh, I'm going to close this and just say thank you, first of all, for, for giving me your time um, and for doing what you do and, and share with people kind of my closing thought on this, which is, first of all, talk to people. Mm-hmm. Find great people. Don't rely on social media and noise and nonsense. If you see something that you like, or someone that you think might be interesting, just walk up and say hello. Ask how they're doing. I saw a title of a class and said, I need to meet this person. And I have had the best two hours of my day sitting down and learning from you. So um, find people that that you might be able to get something that you can learn from, that you can enjoy, that you might be able to have a friend for life. You, you, just, you just never know. Open your eyes. Um, the next thing I, I would say for those of you that have kids in, this, in the school systems, give, give your leaders a chance. Give your principals and your teachers and faculty members, superintendents, assistant superintendents, business managers. I'm here at the Florida Association of School Business Officials. They are going through very difficult times, and all of our kids are the most important kids in our world. 
but all of our kids collectively are their most important kids in their world. You said it perfectly. They're your kids too. Um, work with work with your your faculty and staff. I see too often great leaders in schools that get discouraged and disappointed and upset because of the negative feelings that the community might have that might not know the whole story and don't look at you as people. They look at you as something else. So be sure to make sure that you give people a good look. Definitely um, take the time to get supportive. You said it in the, in the beginning. You've got great family members, parents that are supportive, and you have some that you're trying to get to be more supportive. Be engaged. If you've got kids, get engaged with the education system that they're in. Get aware. Get understanding. Work with them because this is a scary, scary time for these kids. And a lot of these kids don't have an outlet and a place to go. We are so lucky that our 12-year-old is so open with us. He doesn't have the ability to lie. Even if he tried to, it's like an impossibility because we catch him so quick. And he's just such a genuine, sweet, sensitive boy. We're very lucky, and we know that. We know that all kids aren't as, as, as lucky to have. We're, parents aren't always as lucky to have that, and they're dealing with a lot of things, um, whether it's a device, whether it's a vape pen, whether it's a learning disability, whatever it is. Work with your schools. Because um, it's just so, I see so many people like you that that don't get that that recognition and understanding thank you to you and your staff um you have what is that closet called caring closet the caring closet so the caring closet i'm going to give you 20 be awesome shirts in sizes uh small medium and large so that the next 20 kids that need a t-shirt to wear that they've got something to put on their backs um uh, and i only i think that's probably what i've got so i'm going to give you before i go um, for you to put in there. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, that's going to wrap us up. We're in this uh, we're in this break room that we've commandeered uh, and borrowed down here in Orlando. We're going to go take a couple more classes, learn some stuff, have some fun. Um, in the meantime, if you listen to this podcast and you liked it, please give a rating and review. I'll send you a shirt uh, for your time for doing it. The rating and reviews, as I say in every episode, that's what gets you up in the ranks. That's what gets me closer to Joe Rogan. That's what gets a message out of all these awesome guests that I have here. Um, and just drop me a line, josh at beawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I'm terrible on just about all of them except for LinkedIn, and I know. But if you want to have a smile and see pictures of people that we have on the podcast, get to know when the podcasts are on and random news, uh, definitely connect with me there. And, um, you know, I changed my title of my, my keynote, and I'm going to start changing it for my closing tagline, which is, if you can be anything, be awesome. And I hope that you all do that. Have a great day.